Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nanny, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about potty training, a big issue for nannies especially. And my guest this week is Miss Taryn Pryor. Hello, Taryn. Hello, Martha. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Taryn is an expert in potty training. She's trained a lot of different kids or worked with them to help them potty train. Um, Taryn, before we get started on potty training, let's uh, do just a little bit of background on you so that our listeners know where you're coming from. Okay, so I have been nannying with the same family, two little girls, for the last three years. Um, I also have done a lot of extensive long-term babysitting. Uh, I'm also currently working on my master's in early childhood special education, Uh, so that's very exciting and also very helpful with my everyday job. Yeah, I bet that really is very helpful. Um, Wonderful. Well, let's get right down and dirty with some potty training. Um, So one of my first questions, and you and I were kind of talking before we started recording about how potty training seems like something in particular that people have very strong opinions on. Oh, yes. (laughs) I think there are a lot of opinions about potty training and there are very, very strong opinions about potty training. And so I know one of the questions that always comes up is when is the right time, the right age to start potty training? And just in my experience and in my personal opinion, there is no magic age. There's no magic number. It really is a child by child basis. It's more a question of can they communicate with you and not just communicate, effectively communicate with you. Do you feel that they understand what it means to go to the bathroom? They can understand what that feeling is. It's a question of maturity, communication level, um, and really if you feel like they're ready to make that transition and make the next step. Right. Yes, I completely agree. And something that I have noticed is um, 
siblings, I feel like the younger sibling will often be interested earlier than the older sibling because their older sibling is using the restroom already. Oh, yes. I see that a lot with the two girls that I nanny. The oldest uh, just turned five a couple weeks ago, and the youngest is two. And the youngest definitely is interested. We even had a couple of weeks where she she went on the potty. She was really interested in sitting. She would get up in the morning and say, I have to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the potty. There was even one time where she woke her parents up and she was just kind of really restless and then asked to go to the bathroom and she filled the potty and then went back to sleep. But, you know, and lately, I would say like the last week or two, no mention of oh. the potty. So, and that happens with kids. They'll be really interested in it, like younger children, mm-hmm. you know, 18, 22 months, like in that arena. When you're still um, talking in months. Yeah, when you're still talking in months, <laughs> they'll be really interested in it and then they'll kind of like back off mm-hmm. on it. Um, so it's definitely not uncommon for maybe the second child to be potty trained a little earlier or the interest is there earlier than let's say your first child which you had to bring it up to like plant the idea like oh wouldn't it be so exciting to potty you're gonna get to wear underwear you know you're planting those seeds in your oldest and in the second child or third or fourth or whatever they're seeing it in their older siblings yes I completely agree um I do know that in Chicago and I'm assuming other big cities one of the kind of outside um, influences is that schools require you, preschools will require your child, not you, to be potty (laughs) trained before they will accept your child into the school. And And, so a lot of them, that puts so much pressure. It does. It puts a lot of pressure on the parents and it puts a lot of pressure on the child, the student, because many children, depending on your state's cutoff date for kindergarten and where your child's birthday lies, we're talking that they're going to preschool when they're three and they need to be potty trained. And some children may have just turned three. Uh, So it is a huge stressor. But I will say as having a lot of experience in preschool and just with early childhood, this age bracket, there is no preschool teacher that expects your child to never have an accident. Even a child that has been potty trained for, I would say even a couple of like, you know, a year or two, can still be expected to have accidents from time to time. So it doesn't have to be they are going to the bathroom 100% of the time, no accidents. But I really do believe that when schools say they want you to be potty trained, they want your child to be able to say when they need to go, they can yes. get into the bathroom, they can pull their pants down with limited help, you know, or you know, if you're right. sending them with simple clothing, not too many buttons, that they can wipe themselves, they can pull back up, they can wash their hands, that they're, they know what the routine and the expectations are. But no teacher is going to expect your three or four or five-year-old to never have an accident at school. Right. Yeah. Because accidents happen. Accidents do happen, which I know we'll talk about later, but. Yes. Um, but yes, I, I completely agree. I think that that is, that sounds maybe scarier than it is, I think. Totally. That kind of dictation that it must be oh yeah Um, and you know you don't you don't want to feel like oh my child is the only one that isn't um potty trained and then I know in Chicago it can be very competitive on where mm. the children go for preschool and you never want that to be a factor of whether the child doesn't quote unquote get in uh but you I would hope that that wouldn't be like a huge stressor for families. And I hope like maybe shedding a little bit of light on that will make some people feel a little 
less stressed. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And then something that coming at it from a nanny point of view, often a nanny has more experience helping potty train than a parent does. Oh, yeah. And so a nanny and often a nanny is with them during their waking hours for Mm -hmm. longer than the, the parent is. And so you're working with them more closely to potty train oh yeah and I think being able to offer parents some tips and suggestions oh yes on how to potty train or how you've seen it work in the past or and the longer that list is I think the more helpful it is because like we were talking about each child has a different point where it's good to start them I think each child has a different uh path to potty training oh yeah what works for one child and what works for your oldest may not work at all for your second child your third your youngest each child is an individual and it will be a lot of trial and error so I know something that's very popular to do are maybe sticker Mm -hmm. charts and you know it doesn't have to be Sticker chart. The purpose is that there is a chart and that you are keeping track with your child, their achievement, how well, like how well they've been doing, saying you went to the potty successfully this time. And you so you can look back and reflect. That's the point of it. And also to get them involved in their pottying journey and to have something to be proud of, to take ownership in. That's right. the true purpose of a sticker chart. But, you know, it can be stickers. It can be things that they mark themselves like just like crayon or marker it's really whatever you find reasonable and what your child is into you can really let their interest kind of guide how you how you want that to look right and I I think the why the sticker aspect has been so popular is that it it fosters that autonomy of they get to choose which sticker. And I know some parents that I have worked with have gone to a store and let their child pick out which sticker pack, which I think also gets that uh, excitement bubbling of like, oh, I can't wait to open these stickers, but I have to wait until I've successfully mm-hmm. gone to the potty. Stickers are a big deal at they this are. age. You know, they love sticking them place. And like you said, they come in so many different varieties. I think the family that I nanny for, the second child once we cross that bridge is going to have so many stickers <laughs> to choose from just from over the months of like the sticker charts. And then also we have brought back the sticker chart. I know we'll talk about regression a little later, but that is also strategies. Stick, sticker charts aren't just for in the beginning. If you're having some right. issues maybe in the middle of the journey or you're finding some regression, sticker charts is something that you can bring out at any point in time. Yes. I also think that going and getting underwear, picking out underwear, Mm -hmm. big kids underwear (laughs) is super exciting and, uh, and gets that excitement bubbling is that they get to pick out what kind of underwear, what characters are going to be on it. There's a lot of different, uh, types of underwear out there. In general, you just, you want pottying to be a very positive thing. You want it to have a positive connotation. So them picking out the stickers, them picking out their underwear, or they can decorate the potty. A lot of, you know, the children's potties come blank, or you can put stickers on them, you can decorate them. All of it is you want 
this to be a really exciting moment for your child and something where they can learn, you know, to kind of work at it, something that they can be proud of, have ownership in it. But you want it to be a really positive activity because, you know, if it's negative, if they have fears about it, if they don't like it, potty training will be horrible for them and it will be horrible for you. Right, right. Another thing that I have had success with is letting the child pick out a book and especially before nap, going in and just having them sit on the potty while I read the whole book. Um, And then if something happens, great. And if nothing happens, then that's also okay. We read a book. Yeah, I have found that um, books work really well. I've had uh, the girls take in coloring books. (laughs) We have even done the iPad before. I know everyone feels differently about screen time, but... It's about getting them used to sitting on the potty for a period of time, waiting for something to happen, letting it all come out and like Mm -hmm. relieving themselves Um, in any way you can get them to sit on the potty for an extended period of time, you know, longer than five seconds. Um, I feel like can be really positive. But again, it depends on the child. But I mean, we've even brought in maybe little figurines. It, it really just kind of depends on the day and what's holding the child's attention at that point. But books are definitely a big favorite of mine because they're captivated, they're sitting there, and then it's also something that's fun. Right, right. And uh, yes, another thing that I think deters potty training is this aspect of I I don't want to miss out on anything. So if you are working with a child, bringing everyone in the bathroom, even like as weird as that sounds, but I think like having a bathroom party is oh, yeah. is a really fun way to and calling it that being like let's go have a bathroom party everyone goes to the bathroom oh i i think that's a big tool we use at play dates when you know it's like oh well why do i have to go to the bathroom oh well everyone's going to the bath and if we have everyone go to the bathroom even the ones that are just in diapers they're just there for us I like to call moral support yeah just so you have someone to talk to someone to be there with you it becomes less of a like well everyone else is still playing and I have to go to the bathroom and I've also found that they are way more likely to go to the bathroom and to sit and successfully go if all of their friends are doing it you know you never want to do that well everyone's doing it so you should do it but it's nice to have peers and friends and support even at that young age so that that is a great tool and strategy yeah and something that we do um is that we have bathroom dance parties if they do go to the part to the potty then we celebrate by like dancing and then we say goodbye to the pee pee or goodbye to the poop and we flush it down and we just dance it out and rewards can be a wonderful thing that you can incorporate into a potty chart or whether it's every time they go or something we would always do is if there were you know, five or seven or 10 potties on the chart, then they would either get to pick. Uh, sometimes we had prizes, like a prize box, Ooh. or there was something special that they got to work towards, whether it was a movie with just mom or a movie with just dad, or like they get to eat out that week or they get to pick what they eat out that week. Using a reward or something that they can work towards can be a great great motivator yes another thing is candy i m&ms have been very popular or skittles oh, yes 
Um, so, you know, and you get a certain amount for number one and then a, a higher amount for going poop. And uh, I don't know why I said number one and then poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like halfway censoring myself. Anyway, um, but that was very successful. And I love using M&Ms and Skittles because I know there are a lot of people out there that are trying to be very cognizant of sugar intake. But, you know, M&Ms and Skittles, they are very small. And at this age, kids will be happy with literally one M&M. They'll right. be very excited about one M&M. And if they're ever faced with like, well, why do I only get one M&M? It's like, well, you know, we potty so often during the day. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to get more M&Ms during the day. But, you know, in the grand scheme of life, it is only one M&M or it's only one skill as right. opposed to maybe giving like a lollipop every time or yes. like, uh, you know, a fun size candy bar. And even the small dum-dums we mm-hmm. would do as like that would be like kind of a big reward. Mainly, I mean, there is the sugar intake of that, but mainly because dum-dums take so long. <laughs> Have you ever they offered do, a kid so a dum-dum? They're so small, but they, they do take a long time. Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, quick, we're going to eat this, and then we'll, like, be out the door. Or No. And it's <laughs> never. Anyway, sidetracked. Um, but, yes, the system that the family that I worked with that used M&Ms used is that it was one for trying, two for a successful pee, and three for a successful poop. And that seemed to work really well. I love how in your system there's one for trying yes I think that is a big 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 awesome thing that you can do with the kids to let them know hey it's okay if nothing came out but you went in you tried you told me that maybe you you feel something coming you think there's something coming there is no shame in trying and nothing coming out and we really want to encourage children that it is better to go to the bathroom multiple times and nothing to come out than to have an accident yeah trying is a, a really good thing and you really want to encourage that Yes. And speaking of accidents, so something that I have walked the tightrope of is when when are you certain enough that there won't be accidents that you can start doing underwear versus like a pull up? Because we transitioned into pull-ups really quickly because that's basically a diaper (laughs) and then uh and then it took a little while before we went to underwear so I can I'll just kind of explain how we kind of did potty training with the oldest so they did over a weekend kind of what they call a boot camp where they and this, if you do this over a weekend or if you choose to do this method, you want to plan not to really go anywhere, not go anywhere very far or where bathrooms are not easily accessible. And you have them go every 15 or 20 or 25, usually 15 or 20 minutes. You have them oh. go every single 15, 20 minutes. And after a couple of days, they usually start to really get the feeling of like what that sensation is. And so depending upon how quickly the child picks it up, and that will depend on the maturity, communication level, uh, just a lot of other factors. Is this like a brand new concept? Are they the youngest middle child? Have they been, you know, kind of viewing what the concept of pottying is going to the bathroom? Um, You usually, I would say after maybe 
uh, I don't know, like a week or two of that, of going, you know, you can, after a while, lengthen the time. It can right. be every half an hour, 45 minutes, as opposed to every 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but they actually put her in underwear. I feel like kind of quickly, probably after about like a week or two, they put nice. her in underwear. But then at nap time and nighttime, it was a pull-up or it was a diaper. Right. And I feel like it was a diaper, um, maybe only for a couple of days and they really transitioned to pull-ups because they, they really wanted her to understand that she wasn't wearing diapers anymore. Yeah. The place that they wanted her to use the restroom to relieve herself was in the toilet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can do it that way or if you're doing pull-ups and you're finding that they aren't really soiling their pull-ups and if you're finding, I would say, I would say maybe like 75% accuracy or 75% of the time mm-hmm. they're not soiling themselves or they're not soiling the pull-up. That would be a great time to transition to underwear. You will never have a time where you are 100% accident-free. <laughs> no. I mean, even really up until four, five, um, and I've spoken to a pediatrician about uh-huh. this, that they they don't have total control over their senses yet. And so sometimes they literally don't know that they need to go to the bathroom until three seconds before. And sometimes they just can't get there. So, you know, it's not always like a a careless thing or they weren't paying attention. They didn't want to go. Sometimes, literally, biologically, they just can't help it. So, and you know, it's it's a neurological thing that changes as they get older. But, you know, that might be something you want to keep in mind as the child is getting older. And if there are, like infrequent accidents if it seems to like kind of come out of nowhere it could just be attributed um to that but I would say it's kind of a case by case basis but Mm -hmm. you want to feel confident that the that the child understands like okay this is the feeling that I get when I need to go to the bathroom and that they're batting some accuracy yeah and I um I love that idea of or I I love that tip that that it's not always uh, something that they can sense. I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. that that's very helpful, I think, as an adult to not get frustrated because I know that that can be difficult is like, especially when accidents happen at the most convenient times, which they always seem to happen at the most <laughs> inconvenient times. And you're like, oh no, now we have to go home and we had planned this whole thing and now we can't. Um, and the child already feels, feels terrible. horrible enough. You know, they're, you know, they've soiled themselves. They don't get to do what they wanted to do. So it it is kind of like a fine line you have to ride between knowing like, what you know was this something that like maybe you knew maybe you weren't doing all you could to prevent this or you know was it really just like came out of nowhere I didn't know and a lot of times it does happen with that age group it is it's a neurological maturity right um situation so you just want to be cognizant of that and think about it and I think um just with accidents in general the uh position that we took was that accidents happen Mm mm-hmm accidents are okay but you need to communicate that an accident has happened immediately yeah it is okay if it happens but it's not okay if you have an accident and you don't say anything right you know you need to get an adult immediately and we involved the oldest in like the cleaning process just Hmm. so she understood well like this is you know what 
happens when you, you know, when you soil your pants. And then, so in some ways it's a deterrent, but it also helps them understand like, well, this is why we don't want to have accents. This is why we need to communicate. This is why we need to get to the bathroom. Um, you can, we also use it as, I don't want to say a punishment, but definitely a deterrent when we went through kind of an issue with pooping, Mm -hmm. which is not uncommon for children not wanting to poop, um, being afraid to poop or like, like pooping and then not saying anything. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of something we came across down the road. And one of the kind of consequences, deterrents or what she had to do was if she, you know, held an accident and it didn't say anything was she had to be very much the one that was cleaning her underwear. Interesting. Um, that nipped things in the bud, not completely, but it definitely helped a lot yeah. because, you know, who wants to clean that up? But I think it really cemented into her, well, oh, you know, accidents happen, but like we don't want to have accidents. And then also the longer she waited, the worse it was to clean. So, yeah. you know, and that won't work with every child, but it's definitely just a tool or strategy that you can put in your belt and that you can think about in the back of your head. Right. And that's um, a really good segue into regression. So when a child is potty trained and they're solid and then I, I know it happens a lot when they like start at a new school and they just don't feel comfortable using a restroom that they're not familiar with. I mean, really any interruption in routine, mm-hmm. especially at this age, you know, the three to five, you can see some regression. So if they're going to school and then they're home for break for two weeks, it would not surprise me if there were some accidents or when you're transitioning back to going to school or if you're on vacation, if you're in a new place where things are unfamiliar, the schedule is unfamiliar, you know, don't be too miffed or too upset if there is an accident, but just kind of reaffirming the ground rules, especially if it's, if it's been a while and you haven't had any issues in let's say maybe like six, seven months or, you know, some sort of long sustained period of time like that, reissuing the ground rules. Okay. Well, like this is when we go, uh, you let me know if you have an accent, let me know as soon as possible. And we have even done it where, um, I believe it was over a break, a sustained break. Uh, I think, Maybe it was like a a winter break. It was two and a half, like three weeks. There was some real regression going Mm -hmm. on. And there was one day where I said, okay, we're going every 20 minutes. Yes. That honestly, a day of that pretty much nipped that in the bud. And again, that will not work for every child, but it is definitely a great strategy that if you're really like, if you're really getting concerned and you're just seeing you having accidents all over the place, say, okay, we are going every 20 minutes. And so it'll be a mixture of it kind of reaffirms for them, lets them know, okay, again, this is what the feeling is. And then also who wants to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes? So it kind of like gets them like, oh, like I need to kind of get this together. Yes, that's great advice. Um, Yeah, and also just even if they're not a bunch of accidents happening, I think keeping in mind as a nanny, if there is a change in routine, that you probably need to do a little bit more reminding Oh yes. of like that, looking out for that potty dance and <laughs> you know the one listeners. Oh yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and saying like, do you need to go potty? And if they say no, saying about every other time, I usually will say, let's just go try. Oh, yeah. You just I mean, you as the adult, you know, we kind of forget like once they're potty trained, you're like, oh, well, like they got it. They'll let me know. You still are the timekeeper. Right. You know, if it's been 
an hour and a half, two hours since they've gone, you know, encourage them like, hey, do you want to go? I'm going to the bathroom. Do you need to go? Or like, we're all taking a potty break. Whenever we do big outings, everyone goes to the bathroom every hour, every hour and a half because their bladders are not that big. And again, just neurologically, they may not know that they have to go until three seconds before and then... Boom, when you're in you an are. outing, <laughs> yeah, it can be a while till you can make it to a bathroom. Oh, yeah. And I would even say, even to this day, we still carry a spare change of clothes and a yes. spare change of underwear just because anything can happen. You know, people skin their knees, things get caught. You, you just never really know. But you even, can get caught in a rainstorm. That's happened to us. Oh, and no. I'm so <laughs> glad because the diaper bag is waterproof. And so his clothes were all because he does not like being wet for extended periods of time. I know. Smart kid. Yes. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, we made it through the rainstorm. Let's change our clothes. But it can definitely be just a nice extra security blanket because you never know what happens. But I do know lots of people that prefer to travel without a diaper bag or they Mm -hmm. don't want like anything really heavy. But if I'm not carrying any extra clothing or you know maybe I have like an extra shirt extra pair of pants but not extra underwear I always make sure to let the oldest know like hey I do not have extra underwear in the bag so if there is an accident if there's anything that happens we will have to go home and I don't have anything for you to change into yeah so and that also just kind of like lets them know oh okay I need to like really be on my p's and q's giving reminders and just signals to children are also very important at this age yes another thing for outings that uh, I've had success with is if you so a lot of times at outings you're you encounter the automatic flushing toilet, which is the bane of potty training existence. And something that I have found is if you have post-it notes, that you can put them over that sensor and then it won't flush while the kid is on the potty you know i don't even like that i don't I find either that very inconvenient and unpleasant when, yes. you know when it flushes and i'm trying to go <laughs> yes i agree and the noise is loud and it scares them and i've had the reason that i looked up that tip is because i've had it like set back potty training a lot because yes. then they're scared of potties in general and so except for like their one at home that they decorated <laughs> with stickers you know oh i've even had uh being afraid of the toilet, the toilet clogged and flooded oh, once. No. And it was just, I want to say, a good two to three months of just like sheer terror. I can't go in that bathroom. What if this one floods? <laughs> um, and I think just time. And then also, I actually took off the lid of the toilet and I showed her how it works and what oh. is really happening if it gets backed up and she doesn't need to be concerned or nervous because if she did, she does clog the toilet or if anything gets backed up, I will fix it. Someone will fix it. It's not a big issue. But when I did take off the lid of the toilet and really showed her how things work, one, um, you know, affirming that. I hear what you're saying. I hear your feelings. And that is valid. You want to affirm how a child feels. like Whether you agree with it, whether you think it's silly or not, those are valid feelings. And those are those child feelings. And it's important to affirm that. But then also addressing it and showing her like there's nothing to be afraid of. This is how this works. If it does clog, this is actually what's happened. So she has something to think back to. And it's not such a scary, huge to do. Yeah. No, that's a really great idea that I hadn't thought of of... Mm -hmm. Showing them how it works, I think that that's 
uh, I think that's probably a good thing to do no matter what, even if they're not oh, scared yeah. of just being like, hey, this is the potty. This is how it works. Like, let's explore the potty. No, I mean, in all honesty, kind of, it may feel like overkill or over explaining, but, you know, if you really think about it, you go from, okay, it's okay for me to soil myself or for me to poop or pee in this underwear, this diaper, and now you have to do it in this foreign instrument that doesn't really seem to make any sense. And why do I need to do this? So I feel like having conversations and giving children the language the explanations of this is why we do this this is how this works it can get rid of a lot of fears or misunderstandings off the bat so yeah that's a great suggestion yeah I think that's a really really good idea if there's something that we didn't say that you think nannies could use please let us know um and then also please email in any little stories or quotes that you have from the kids you nanny because I would love to start sharing listeners which today we actually have a listener's story to end on a happy note we have a story from Lisa Renee Duke Thank you so much, Lisa, for sending this in. She said, my uncle passed away roughly a year ago. It was sudden and we were very close. I'm sorry for your loss, Lisa. And I tried really hard to hold it together at work, but I was reminded of my uncle while giving my 3.5-year-old nanny kid dinner. I started to cry. He noticed and asked, what hurts, Lisa? And I said, my heart, buddy. And she said, or, and then the kid said, I will get my doctor kit and make you feel better. Oh, that is so sweet. And kids do. They they make you feel better. They do. Honestly, just sometimes just knowing that I'm going to see them in the morning or, you know, that I'm going to see their smiling faces and just their one liners. It it really is a mood picker upper. It is. (laughs) And it it makes going to work so much easier. It's I really I've worked you know, in different, many different fields. And I really have to say working with children is just, it's the absolute best. It really is. Well, thank you so much, Taryn. No, thank you, Martha, so much for having me. It's always a great time. And everyone have a wonderful week. And thank you for listening. Bye. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.